Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to a very special edition of fictional women around the world, our sub-segment, segment, segment, <laughs> sub-segment. <laughs> Good enough. Yes. And this is a special one because as you're listening to it, it is May the 4th, our Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Annie's favorite. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get a lot of messages that day, which I you really do. enjoy. Yes. And I've yes. never really seen it as a thing until I started with iHeart slash, at that point, still How Stuff Works. And I came in and there was cake and punch and uh-huh. decorations. And I was like, what is happening? What is today? And everybody's like, may the fourth be with you. And I was like, nerds. <laughs> but you still took home the inflatable lightsaber and the cups. I I saw them recently. (laughs) It's true, I did. Uh, Not knowing what I was getting myself into because this was pre-inundated Star Wars times for me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Office party also, what a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Oh, that was a thing, remember? Shared food and everything. (laughs) I know. Yeah, yeah, so I guess I'm not sure when you're listening to this, so it might not be May the 4th, but when it comes out, it is. And so that means we're going to talk about a Star Wars character, perhaps one that uh, you might not be as familiar with. I am not. Yeah, so I'm very excited to talk about this character. We're talking about Dr. Chelly Lana Afra, or Dr. Afra, or Afra, alias Joystick Chevron. So many thoughts to that name. Yes, as you should have many thoughts. Hopefully by the end of this, you'll have a sense of her character and you'll know kind of why that name was chosen. <laughs> so before the pandemic, friends of mine kept telling me to read the Star Wars comics. And I was like, no, I don't have time. I'm afraid what will happen, that I'll be consumed because I am a, a completionist. Once I start something, I want to finish all of it. But then the pandemic happened. And I was quarantined. And yes, I have pretty much read all of them now. (laughs) All caught up. And one of the things people kept telling me over and over right before I read them was you'll really like Dr. Aphra. And they were right. Mm -hmm. Currently, there is discussion of casting her for one of the million Star Wars things coming out. But she has not appeared in any of the cartoons or the TV show or movies. If you're like, I don't know who this is. I am. That's, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just a quick question. Who do you envision as Dr. Afra? I don't know if you experienced this, Samantha. There are some characters when I read things that I have a really strong image for how they look and it's not like anyone that I know. And for Dr. Afra, I have a really clear image of what she looks like in my head and I can't think of a specific actor who fits that. Hmm. I've seen, there's somebody that they're like, it's going to be this person. And I was like, yeah, I can see it. But no strong, like, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm generally kind of bad at that stuff, though. (laughs) I would ask you, but you don't know who I'm talking about. I have no idea. (laughs) Like everything I'm about to read off is because you wrote it. Yes. I mean, this is a complete one of those things that I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea what's happening. I'm giving you free reign this entire beginning of May because I know what's about to go down in preparation with the fact that we did the prequels. And as they will soon find out, 
we did the original trilogy mm-hmm. for this month for our movies, and then we'll also be following it up with the sequels. The sequel trilogy, yeah. Yes, because I I planned it around May, knowing that this would bring you joy and comfort. <laughs> and it did, but also a lot of unnecessary research on my part, as I want to do. Yes. And I'm um, having to be like, slow, slow your roll. <laughs> Back up. (laughs) Back away from the computer. (laughs) So, in shorthand, when I'm describing Dr. Afra, I usually describe her as a cynical, anti-heroine version of Indiana Jones, which, as I was researching this, that was what they were going for. So, you succeeded. That, That is what I picked up. She is a queer human woman. I read in a few places she was of Asian descent, which I'm always kind of like, it's no Asia in Star Wars. I guess I get what you're saying. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And uh, she is an archaeologist alongside her real dark and messed up assassin joys. They're kind of like a really dark humor version of C-3PO and R2-D2. They delight in torturing people. They joke about it. They kill people. She travels on her beloved ship, the Archangel, and later the Archangel 2 once the first one gets destroyed. Looking for artifacts, pulling off heists, and helping out Darth Vader... And where Indiana Jones would say it belongs in a museum, Afro would say, how much money do you think I can get for that? She frequently encounters rare Jedi artifacts. Yep, she often sells. Um, she's smart, capable, good with weapons and technology, quick on her feet, well-versed in history. She's creative. She's also selfish, reckless, greedy, unpredictable, and sometimes straight up, yeah, kills folks if she sees something she wants. I like her. So, <laughs> Afro was created for Marvel's Star Wars Darth Vader comics by writer Kieran Gillen and artist Salvador LaRocca in 2015, a series that went on to spawn the Star Wars Dr. Afra comics, which I guess I'm going to have to get my hands on these now. I can help you. I, I'm sure you can. <laughs> she was the first character introduced into the comics to get her own solo series, so I'm surprised I haven't heard of her before now. Emily Zueller voiced her in the 2020 Dr. Afra, an audiobook original by Sarah Kuhn. Also in 2020, Alyssa Wong and Marika Cresta continued Afra's story with Dr. Afra. Yeah, I haven't checked out the audiobook yet. I didn't know that was a thing, but now I'm like, I'm gonna, gonna seek that one out. Mm-hmm. When Afra was a child, her father poured all of his attention into scholarly pursuits, including studying the Jedi, desiring to bring back their light into the galaxy, as well as this extinct spiritual group that may or may not be related to, like maybe a different sect of the Jedi. Because of his obsession, his relationship with his wife and daughter suffered, and they ended up leaving him while Afro was a child. And yes, Afro is their last name, so I'm sorry if that's confusing, but that's just what I call her, and I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her first name. <laughs> so, Afra. Um, their new home was attacked by raiders, and Afra's mom told her to run and hide. When Afra returned, her mom was dead. Afra eventually made her way back to her father just as the empire was rising to power. However, their reunion was not a happy one and she attempted to set his life work on fire, yelling at him about his wife died while he tried to save all of his research. And a psychologist diagnosed Afra with, quote, mental issues. That's I don't think lazy. it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, That's just like, lazy. Come on. <laughs> um, She went to school for galactic history and ancient civilizations, and she excelled in her studies. However, she disagreed with a higher-up at the university about what constituted an archaeologist. 
He took Afra under his wing, despite the fact that she got into a bunch of shenanigans and regularly mocked him, like regularly publicly mocked him. Afra was so confident in the significance of her final project, she wasn't concerned with angering him. But as it turns out, her project really did not deliver at all. And also, her mentor was experimenting in illegal and horrifying mind control parasites, something he revealed to her before telling her the only reason he took her under his wing was that he hated her and wanted to make sure she never became a doctor. When Afra threatened to blackmail him, he told her no one would take her word for it over his. With the help of some friends, Afra stole the parasites, rigged them so that they looked like they were ancient, returned them to the underwhelming tomb she'd chosen for her final project, planting them there as though she discovered them. And she was applauded for her discovery, and the parasites were destroyed in accordance with imperial protocol. Her mentor was forced to give her the doctorate or else reveal what he had been up to. Ooh, sneaky snake. But, uh-huh. Okay. While there are several instances Afra being morally ambiguous, obviously, and betraying people, there are plenty of examples of doing her best to spare lives. She kind of reminds me of Gamora a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. You know, she does a that. lot of bad things. But she's also good. Yeah. Maybe the I, sister. Maybe more the sister. Maybe she's like a mixture of the two of yes. them. Yes. That's in my head now. In one instance, while she was exploring the abandoned rebel base on Dantwing right after Alderaan was blown up by the Death Star, she allowed herself to be captured by the Empire to save the lives of some stormtroopers, and she ended up being sentenced to execution. She managed to escape, and her opinion on the Empire changed after what they did to Alderaan. And I bet that happened for a lot of those citizens. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. She Afra does go back and forth, as she is wont to do, <laughs> but this is one of the cool things about the comics in general is Afra's kind of like one step behind like the story we know of Luke and Leia and Han and they're sort of intersecting and interacting but you know they don't know it mm-hmm. after the Battle of Yavin when Luke blows up the first Death Star Afra is recruited to work for Darth Vader to help him do things under the radar of the Emperor who is actively trying to replace Vader with a new right hand, like, to his face, is telling Vader, like, yeah, I don't like you. I'm looking for somebody better. Um, So Vader had discovered some of Afra's accomplishments, and he was impressed with her talent and sought her out. And some of the things he tasked her with included things like going to Padme's home planet of Naboo and Padme being Darth Vader's dead wife and Luke and Leia's mom and torturing the mortician who examined Padme's body until he admitted he'd lied about the death of the child she had been pregnant with because when the funeral procession happened, it was made to appear as though she was still pregnant. She had never given birth. So he said that Padme had given birth to a son who was taken by two Jedi Masters, Obi-Wan and Yoda. Aphra's droid electrocuted the man to death after that. Okay. Um, Yep, yep. Aphra placed a lot of value on pleasing Darth Vader, both because she wanted to live but she appreciated the challenge of meeting his incredibly high expectations, which she often did quite creatively. There were times when she could have left him for dead but came back for him. She was constantly trying to prove she was trustworthy to him. She was tasked by Vader to locate Luke, and she took it on herself to attempt to kidnap him herself to please Vader, something she almost succeeded in quite a handful of times. Um, On one occasion after Luke had been kidnapped and forced to fight in a gladiatorial battle as the last Jedi, she bet money on his death. But of course, Luke survived. In one of my favorite sequences, she manages to capture Luke by painting her protocol droid to look like C-3PO. 
But then Han Solo attacked her and Luke got away only to be captured by stormtroopers. And then Luke got away only to be attacked by an angry Wookiee and briefly captured by Aphra again. (laughs) Busy day. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That ends with Leia punching Aphra in the face and capturing her. And then Darth Vader putting a bounty on Aphra's head. Why? A lot of things happened that day to upset Vader. But basically, she knew too much. And he thought, like, she'd been captured. Get rid of her. Gotcha. She's failed me one too many times. So, yeah, just just her failure. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, Leia released Aphra alongside Sana. They rescued Han and Luke, who had been captured by a bounty hunter. A lot of capturing around here. Uh Aphra escaped, was captured by the Empire, met the Mm -hmm. Emperor himself, and then Vader shot her on an airlock into space. Even after he'd promised her, he'd kill her with a lightsaber, knowing she would have a fear of suffocating in space. Yeah, so it's pretty cruel. (laughs) Yes, but also it does give the chance for her to escape. He believed her to be dead, but she'd anticipated this, had a plan, and faked her death, just like any good... Yeah, morally ambiguous character who (laughs) betrays a lot of people and works with people who betray you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Her doctorate was suspended too. And she threatened her father to get him to reinstate it, but he called her bluff. Like she was like, I'll kill you. And he was like, nah. And he said he would only help her if she would travel with him and help him continue his research. Through this, she gets her hands on a crystal and becomes convinced that Luke can reactivate it using the Force. So she forces him into accompanying her to visit this queen, the Screaming Citadel, who grants her quest if presented with a worthy gift. Aphra presents Luke as the last Jedi. Things go awry, of course, and Luke and Aphra have to make a run for it. Luke saves Aphra's life, but they are recaptured. Luke is strapped to a table, and his life force is drained from him for the queen to slowly enjoy, like, through this kind of hookah-looking device. And though Luke pleads with Aphra for help, she leaves him behind. But she feels so guilty about it, decides she can't leave him behind, comes back to save him, or kind of give him a chance to save himself. She offers him the crystal, and Luke did his whole Luke thing, and was like, I thought, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. I, I feel like you could be better. And it really rattled her. It doesn't mean she didn't continue <laughs> doing, doing things like backstabbing and stealing and kidnapping uh, like Hera Syndulla from the uh, cartoon shows. It, yeah, it did kind of stick with her. Oh, this, I know. That she lost him. Yeah, That's you the do. One I, know. I do. Uh-huh. I'm watching that one. I'm in season mm-hmm. two. Uh, (laughs) So a bunch of stuff obviously happens. Uh, Vader realizes she's alive. Surprise, surprise. She gets turned into the Empire again by an ex-lover where she's tortured and eventually escapes. She's worked for the Rebellion at times, the Empire, others, helping them track the Alliance, working with Vader again. Huge mistake. Saving the Emperor from an assassination plot. Huge mistake. Witnessed the interrogation of her father, captured by the Alliance, and sent the location of the Rebels on Hoth to Vader. Yeah. She's busy. Yeah. She's in high demand. And there's a lot of like, I'll let you live this once happening. Like Hera's like, okay, I'll let you live this one. You know? Right, right. <laughs> She's kind of on that level. <laughs> right. Relationships-wise, Afra does not have a great track record. That's probably no surprise. Like I said, she is queer. She has a recurring romantic interest and enemy, Magna Tolvin. Very adversarial relationship. Lots of passionate kissing and then immediate betrayal. And like, 
torture and capture and then they're kissing again and then I'm like, you too. Um, <laughs> this isn't healthy. She's also had a relationship with Sana Staros, who we mentioned earlier, who is a black woman who later claimed to be married to Han Solo and then attacked Afra in a rage when they reunited after Afra left her and then I think they kissed too. So a lot of like really angry kiss, kiss. relationships going on. But all in all, uh, Afra is an interesting, complex, fun, chaotic character who is well-loved. I read a lot of things where they're like, it seems impossible that somebody could really stand out against Vader and that this could be a woman in this kind of toxic fandom and toxic entertainment <laughs> medium. But she did, and uh, she is pretty well-loved. I remember reading the comics for the first time and being immediately hooked and also surprised that they did not shy away from the queer aspect. The one I think I read one where it started immediately and they were like in bed together, half-dressed and kissing. And I was like, whoa. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And also, there is a passage in there that I have included in this outline that is, it encompasses the cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's canon is what I'm trying to say. I put it in here just to prove that I was not making it up. <laughs> she she did. She put all of it in there with cinnamon roll at the top, just in case you had questions. Yes. And some of you probably have many. <laughs> I'm always but, available to answer them. <laughs> yes, she is. And she will gladly do so. You know who I think should play this character? Yeah. And she might be a little older, but she doesn't look it. Bianca Lawson. She is in Buffy. She plays the second Slayer. Oh. Yeah. I could see it. I could see her playing this character. Yeah. Yeah, she well. She be fierce because she's got that like, I will kill you, murder you phase, mm-hmm. but also mischievous phase. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's balance. I am campaigning for Bianca Lawson to play <laughs> Afra, please. Okay. Well, listeners, if you have any casting ideas about who should play this character... Please let us know. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I'll Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thanks, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'll Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 